And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Michelle Clare with us, certified medium, angel intuitive, spiritual coach, energetic healer, and near-death experiencer. She continues to help others by using her gift of receiving information from other people's loved ones who have transitioned to the other side. Her website is her name linked up at coasttocoastam.com. Michelle, welcome back. How have you been? Oh, I have been great. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Let's go back to the beginning. How did this happen for you? Well, you know, this started for me when I was around 12 years old and my grandfather passed. And I noticed he was still talking to me. So I would tell my mom, hey, mom, grandpa says this. And my mom would say to me, well, that's what you think he would say if he was still here. So I realized he and I were having this relationship and this communication that she wasn't having too, which kind of surprised me a little bit, but I just learned to keep this to myself. So I kind of kept this to myself for a number of years, and then I had my first near-death experience in April 2000. Um, And at that point in time, it opened it up on a whole nother level for me. You had a dog named Maya. What happened? Yes, with my dog, Maya, that was actually a shared death experience. So she had had lymphoma, and I had the vet come to the house to help, um, you know, transition her at that point in time. And I was laying on the floor next to her, hugging her, crying her, just being human, not trying to be a medium at all. all right, right. And at that moment, I, you know, they administered the anesthesia, and um, I could feel my mom come in. My mom had already transitioned at this point in time. I felt my mom come in, and I heard my mom say to me, I have her now. And about 30 seconds later, the vet said, you know, she's she's gone. And the most beautiful part of this was I could feel her soul very gently detached from her body. So I think a lot of times as people, we wonder, what is that moment like? And that experience that I was able to share with her reminded me almost of that feather on the wind in that movie Forrest Gump, where it was this very beautiful, gentle, floating energy as she completely detached from her physical form. It was that little feather I saw floating around, right? Mm-hmm. A classic movie, to be sure. You cut, you're, you're a medium, of course, but you're also much more than that. How did these abilities occur after the fact, once you started tuning in with your grandfather, for example? Right. So I ended up having three near-death experiences. and the Three? Three. Yes. One wasn't enough. I did it the hard way. Oh, gee. How far? Back to back? Um, No. They were all about six years apart. So in a span of actually about 11 years, I had three. And, um, yeah, and so they were all very different. The first one... I was in the hospital with my sister-in-law. She was having a baby that day, and I was out in the hallway talking to her RN, who happened to be my friend from high school, and I had this massive seizure. And what happens is I don't remember the seizure, but I remember opening my eyes. I am laying with my head in my grandma's lap, and my grandma had passed a few years before this. And I just see her looking at me, and she is the youngest, most beautiful version of herself that I can remember. And as she's looking at me, I start to look around and I realize that I'm in this, it seemed to be a white room. And although the walls seemed solid, they also were alive and they were like molecules that appeared to be breathing and moving and radiating this light. And I'm feeling this unconditional love. I'm feeling timelessness. I have no concept of time whatsoever. And I look up next to my grandmother. There is a 12 foot angel standing next to her. Jeez. 
Yes, she was magnificent. Like I literally felt sucked into her energy. And so as I was looking at her, the first thing I wanted to see were her feather wings because, you know, I've grown up seeing angels with feather wings my whole life. And, and they, like, they don't all have wings, do they? No, they don't. And not made of feathers. She had light radiating out around her. And, and it was very expansive. It almost seemed to expand across the horizon. And it was just this beautiful light that was moving, iridescent, glowing, and I remember thinking to myself, what is her name? And she answered me in my head. She said, my name is Madeline, and I'm your guardian angel. I was quite shocked because at that point in my life, I had never heard of telepathic communication. Um, and, and so I was just like, oh, my gosh, she knows what I'm thinking. And in that moment, what I really realized was that I had grown up Catholic, so I had always believed in angels and saints and that we have all of this help. But the magnitude of how real they are and how they are absolutely there to protect us and help us on our journey, it just came in in a whole nother level. Did you ever see the old classic movie, It's a Wonderful Life? I did. Is that real in that angels come down to help us that way? You know, I absolutely believe they can. I think that for us to think that angels can only be energy or these uh, beings with wings or, or no wings is a limiting belief because I absolutely believe that they can take a physical form if they choose. That might show up as a human. That might show up as an animal who's comforting someone through a traumatic situation. They absolutely can, uh, I don't know, shapeshift, for lack of a better word. What does an angel mean to you? It is truly a being of light that is here to support us on our journey. And these are beings that we choose before we come to planet Earth in our human form. Do you accept the Bible about fallen angels? Mm, You know, being raised Catholic, that was definitely something that I heard about. I don't actually see fallen angels. I see different energetic vibrations, just like in humans. We see humans that are vibrating at higher levels. We have Mother Teresa, and then we have somebody who's, you know, a murderer. So there are different vibrational levels, but I wouldn't call them fallen angels. Is there a devil, Michelle? Um, And not that I have ever encountered. I have certainly encountered lower vibrations, but I think we all have to some extent. But I've never encountered something that I would look at and say, this is pure evil, this is the devil. But there is evil. I mean, there's no question about that. Absolutely. In this universe, we have this spectrum of good and bad and amazing and horrible and everything in between. It's all allowed to exist because it comes from a higher source. So some people use the word God, I use source, divine, higher power, whatever you want to say this, it's all allowed to exist because we come to planet Earth to learn from the contrast. So when we are in this heavenly realm, if we want to call it that, where everything is amazing, it's hard to learn because everything's amazing. So your soul will sign up and say, hey, I'm going to take this tour to planet Earth. You know, it'll be maybe 100 years at max, probably less than that. I'm going to learn some lessons. I'm going to experience the contrast and I'm going to learn, grow and evolve. What does the spirit world look like? Yeah, well, it's it's amazing from what I've been told from 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 spirits and from what I've experienced on my own. So in my three near death experiences, each one was very different. And what I found was, 
It's about comfort. So what I was experiencing and seeing was very earth-like. There was one where I was on the beach with my dog, the other one right where I'm with my grandma and my angel. And, and so it's, it's all about comfort and love. So if you are getting ready to transition and you are expecting to see mountains and Jesus, this is what you're going to find because you're being welcome home from a place of comfort and love. And also we have the amazing ability to manifest things once we get there. So, you know, if you were expecting to find Jesus in the ocean, there it is. And now if you want to create mountains and, you know, hotels and parties and places to greet with friends, that will happen too. Do you find, Michelle, that at the moment of death, your loved ones are there at your bedside who have passed on? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, as a medium, I would tell you this, they're there before you pass. And so I often tell people, and I know this came up a lot with my clients during COVID, where they would worry that their loved one passed or transitioned alone. And I I always say this, and this is so true, I cannot say it strongly enough. No one dies alone. Your angels, your loved ones in spirit, your life guides, they all know that you are coming home and usually... They are in the room to help you before you actually completely disconnect from your body. Well, sadly, what if you die in a car crash? You don't die alone? No, absolutely not. You might die what would look like humanly alone. Maybe there was no one else around. But on a soul level, we're never alone. We all have these beautiful spirit teams made of angels, loved ones, and life guides that are working with us every step of the way. So no one dies alone. Is there still that life review at the moment of death? It's not always at the moment of death, is what I've been told from spirit world. Sometimes when somebody passes traumatically, they almost need a little bit of time to acclimate to where they are, to be like, oh, okay, here's my grandma, here's my angel, I'm loved, I'm safe. And then in those moments when they're ready, the life review will occur. Interesting take on all of that. In this life review, who's the judge? Oh, that's the tricky part. We're the judge. We're the judge. We get to look at our life and we get to feel what we've made other people feel. We judge ourselves. We judge ourselves and we say, ooh, dang it, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I should have made another action. But this is how our soul learns. We judge ourselves. In the spirit world, what do we, do we look like anything or are we just a blob of nothing? We're all of it. So if you want to be a blob of nothing, you can be a blob of nothing. But I will tell you this. If you're looking for your grandma or your mom or your dad when you're transitioning and they show up as a ball of energy, it might be a little harder to recognize them. So normally they will take the form that you will recognize them as. Um, But also we are pure energy in that heavenly realm. So if you want to be pure energy, you can be. But if you're going to be connecting with your loved one in spirit, they're going to show up. So when I'm doing a mediumship reading, you know, Grandma doesn't just show up as a ball of energy because I'll be like, hey, I've got a beautiful ball of energy here. I don't – it loves you. It, You know what I mean? Grandma's going to show up and give me some characteristics, going to tell me, oh, no, this is Grandma. This is what I'm feeling. So that we have um, almost like a soul print. Uh, Just the way that humans have fingerprints, souls have soul prints, and they're all unique. None of them are the same. Are you comfortable in the spirit world? I would say it's actually, for me, more comfortable in the spirit world than it is in the human world. Really? Why? Yes. Because when I get to connect with spirit, I feel 
the love, the compassion, the support. I get to learn. I learn so much when I'm in readings because I get to learn from spirit world every single day. And it is such a beautiful, you know, place as far as the way that I feel. And then I come out and I go into the human world. I'm like, oh, you know, people are mean to each other. People cut each other off in traffic. People say mean things. Kids are not always nice to each other. The human world is much more challenging for me to live in than spirit world. Tell me about the ghost at the Petaluma Hotel. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So this was really my first experience with a ghost. I don't usually have that. And I was going to do a study at IONS up there, um, the Institute of Noetic Science. Sure, good people. I just had a guest on last night talking about that. Yeah, they're amazing. They are right there on cutting-edge work. I love what they do. So I was going up there. I went to this hotel. I had my daughter with me. She was 17 at the time. I said, hey, we're going to drop our bags off, and we'll go over. I'll do the study. I walk into this hotel. The minute I walk in, I said, oh, I I knew this place was haunted. But I didn't want to tell my daughter. I didn't want to freak her out. So I just didn't say anything. We put our bags in the room. We went to go do the study. And then we went to dinner, and she said to me at dinner, I said, okay, well, let's go back to the hotel. She said, well, you know it's haunted, right, Mom? And I looked at her. I said, how do you know that? She's like, you can just feel it. So we go back to our room. I am fighting with the thermostat all night. I keep putting it up to 75. It keeps dropping to 65. This goes on for about an hour. Jeez. Finally, I said to her, hey, I'm going to go take a shower. And she's like, I'm going to bed. So I said, okay. So I get in the shower. And in the instant, this in the same second, the water turned ice cold and the lights went off. And I became aware of this elderly woman in there. And she said to me that she had been in the hotel for 50 years. And so I started calling for my daughter. It's dark. The water's cold. I'm in a strange place. She jumps up. She runs in. I turned on the light. And I said to her, I said, Ashley, I said, you're not going to believe what just happened. And she looks at me and she says, oh, mom, you'll handle it. And she turns around and goes back to bed. So I start thinking to myself, how am I going to handle this? At this point in time, I had never helped a spirit transition into the light. So I sat down, and I started calling in my angels, and I could see this beautiful woman. And she was scared to walk into the light. So a lot of times, not a lot of times, but there are times when souls are afraid to step into the light because they think they are going to be judged or have to face a life review like you and I talked about or have some kind of challenge like that. Or they would go someplace else instead of a heavenly state. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fear-based reason to not step into the light. And so... I called in this beautiful woman's angels. I called in my angels, and I literally saw this beautiful beam of golden light come into the room. I saw her from behind, and she was hunched over. She had a cane. She looked elderly. As she stepped into the light, literally, she stood up. She was straight. She looked like she was 30 years old, and at that moment, she was gone. And for the rest of the night, my room stayed at 75 degrees. And so it was beautiful to watch her actually be able to step into that energy because once we get into this heavenly realm, we can still be connected to our loved ones here on earth. And that's really what I find spirits who haven't quite stepped into light. Yes, they're fearful, but sometimes that fear is that they'll be disconnected from their loved ones. And it's actually the opposite of that. Once we step into the light, we are very much connected to our loved ones here. Do you have spirits follow you all over the place? 
you know, um, no, not really. Actually, I'm very good about turning on my gift and, and turning the volume on it down. So I think of it as a radio. And so if I went to the grocery store and everyone's loved one and angels were talking to me, I wouldn't even get in the front door. So it's really, you'll find a lot of mediums, and I'm sure you know this, are very good at being able to, okay, I'm working, now I'm on. Okay, I'm not working, I'm getting groceries, now it's off. Simple like that. Yeah. You can access it very quickly. Once, you, once you've once you trained, so I, I did mentoring for years and training for years to actually be able to get to the point that I'm at with it. But But the people that I know that are mediums, we don't ever completely turn it off, but it's like a radio. You can turn the volume down on it, and then when you're in a reading or wanting information, you turn the volume up. Are you a walk-in, Michelle, where spirits can walk into your body? Oh, my goodness. I've had that happen one time. I bet you it, don't like it. It was, oh, my goodness. So I was at the IANS conference, and I was reading this part. There's a priest named um, Father Nathan, and he helps spirits transition. He's very good at what he does. Oh, he's phenomenal. So he said to me, he said, Michelle, he said, can you read this part in my book? I had the, he had a little girl, 12 years old. She had transitioned during the tsunami in Thailand. He said, will you read her part? Um, and, I'll, and I'll read my part. And so I said, okay. So I was down there at his, at his conference. And I, right before I started to read her part, I heard her say to me, I want to read my part. She shoved into my body. I had never had this happen. I was nauseous. I was dizzy. I was sweating. But somehow she read her part just fine all the way through. I couldn't even stand, so I had to do it while I was sitting. And then at the end, right before she got out of my body, she said to me, you feel old. And she got out of my body. And I had to go lay down for about three hours because it made me physically ill. I bet it did. I mean, that's what really started taking Edgar Casey to task, didn't it? Yes, absolutely. And I don't know how they can do that because, really, this one experience that I had physically wiped me out. Well, Michelle, stay with us. We're going to take a short break and come back and chat more with you about the spirit realm and your uh, near-death experiences as well. We'll also talk about what you think about various tools like the tarot cards. And then we'll take calls, readings, questions next hour. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with Michelle Clare as we talk about mediumship and psychic abilities as well. Tell me about tarot cards. Do you use them, Michelle? You know, I've never been formally trained with them, but occasionally I will use them, mostly for myself or if spirit world is saying, hey, have this person pull some cards. I don't, I'm not trained in them, but I can intuit the information coming off of them. We have a guest named Art Rosengarden, and he is a tarot card expert, and you should uh, get his number from Tom and talk to him. You'd enjoy I will. That. I would love to know more. He is just one of a kind. You have looked at this in relationships, finding soulmates. How does that work? Well, yeah, I love that. I actually love that you're asking that question. I have some um, clients that will send me people they want to date to profile. So the way that that does, does that person who's being profiled know you're doing that? Um, I don't think so. Usually, <laughs> I get a picture and maybe a first name. Um, 
a lot of times I'll just ask for a name because I don't even need the picture. But what I do is I, I start feeling their energy and I feel the client's energy and I can feel like, oh, this feels like a red flag. This feels like this would work well for this person. Um, and so, and it's very amazing because without knowing the person at all, what I can do is I can energetically feel if they're going to be a good match for the person. And it's really interesting to find out um, you know, how much of this is very accurate. Like later when my client will come back to me and say, well, I didn't believe you, but I went on the date with him and you're right. All he talked about was himself the whole time and how amazing he is or, you know, whatever these, these are. So it is, it is interesting to see how people's energy is connected to their name, their picture, um, that footprint sure. energy. What is a soulmate? Well, a soulmate, I believe, we have, some people have more than one in a lifetime. Um, a soulmate is not going to be the relationship where you are arguing and passionate. I mean, there can be passion involved, but that's more of a twin flame. It, well, it's not necessarily a life mate, right? Right. Correct. Because for a lot of people, like I often consider my kids my soulmates because I do feel like we have a lifelong connection, but we don't necessarily have a partnership. We will have soulmates that will come into our life sometimes for certain periods of time, and then either that becomes a divorce, that becomes the relationship's over, they've transitioned, whatever that looks like, and then there's room for the next soulmate to come in. So we can have more than one soulmate in a lifetime, and for a lot of people, those are your children, your best friends, these, these very close bonds that you have. Do we have free will, Michelle? Well, we do. We do have free will. Um, that's part of the human experience. And we see that happen every day because we see people do great things and we see people do not great things. And this is part of the free will of planet Earth. Um, and it's a challenge because I do believe that most souls plan on coming here and really trying to give it their best shot and their best life. And then we get here and maybe their plan was, hey, in this life I'm going to be a neurosurgeon. But they came in with a body that has a high chance of becoming addicted to alcohol or drugs, and maybe they start drinking at a young age, maybe they had an abuse situation, who knows? And so because of that free will, their soul could have come in with a different plan, but they've had the free will choices to choose differently. Do we pick our parents when we're in the spirit world? We do. We do. And I know some people are like, I knew that. And some people are like, you must be kidding. I would never have chosen this person to be my parent. Well, I did a great job for myself then. Oh, good. I'm, you know what? I did a great job for myself too. And and on that note, you met my dad a couple of years ago at the Soul Summit in Scottsdale. Right, just, right. Yes. You called him Pops. And just so you know, he's one of your biggest fans to this day. So I did a great job picking my parents too. <laughs> oh, how old is dad now? Dad is 75. Oh, that's still young. Yeah. 75 is the new 60. Absolutely. And, and, and he is, yes, he is open to this world and always growing and learning and experiencing it. So that's the other thing that's amazing. So he's listening to you right now. He's listening to both of us. Okay, right now. Give him a shout out for us. Hi, Dad. I love you. Thanks for being my biggest fan. And George's. Oh, that's great. You know, they, they say that we all have psychic abilities. I believe that, but some are better than others. Why? Yeah, be, well, it is. We all do have psychic abilities. It's really the most natural language of our soul. 
psychic and mediumship is very natural for our soul. But what happens is, this is like math, this is like going to the gym. Some people will exercise it and use it more and want to practice and grow, and other people won't. And so we all have this innate ability. Some people will be able to use it at a very strong level. Other people, you know, won't dig into it. But it's always there. Some people would call it a gut feeling, right? Some people just say, mm, that doesn't feel right. I'm going to say no to that option. But that really is your intuition and your psychic ability working. But maybe they don't want to call it that. How do psychic abilities react with your pet? Not, not, not your pet that's passed on, but your mm-hmm. pet that's still with you. A lot. Yeah. Well, our pets love that. So one of the things that's really great if you have a pet, it doesn't matter what kind, is we can send them a visual image. So like with my dog, if I want my dog to get up and go outside, I'll actually send her from my mind. I see her standing up and walking out the door. I'll send her that image, and she'll get up and walk out the door. So our pets are very psychic. We've even had studies done, like where they put the camera in the home and say it's 4 o'clock and mom or dad is leaving the office, and the dog gets this psychic kind of ping. Oh, mom's coming home, and they start walking, walking to the door, looking out the window, knowing that their owners are coming. So they are always communicating with us in this psychic or telepathic realm. What are they looking at when they join you? They jump in bed with you, and they seem to be looking around at something you can't see. What are they looking at? Yeah, but they are looking at exactly what you're not seeing. They are looking at your angels. They're looking at your loved ones. They might see just beams of light in the room. Maybe they're seeing orbs. But because no one has told your pet, you can't see angels, you can't see orbs, you can't see grandma, They don't know that. So they're just sitting there looking at all of these things that we as humans, if we dropped the conditions that people put on us, we would be able to see them too. Tell us about your mother's phone call from heaven. Oh, my goodness. What happened? This was amazing. So my mom had passed. She passed January 1st, 2018. And she was going to get buried at the church. So I called the church to see if they would have the reception room available afterwards. And they said, hey, it's 5 o'clock. We're going to go ahead and just put you through the voicemail and check the schedule tomorrow. So I said, okay. This was three days after she transitioned. And I was on the phone listening on my iPhone, right? Usually when I get messages from Spirit, it's telepathic communication. No, this was my iPhone. Listening to my mom as, well, here comes the voice message. Hey, we're not here. Leave a message. There's silence. Then all of a sudden, I hear my mom in this young, healthy voice. It was my mom's voice without a doubt. She said, hello, and then there was silence, and it went back to the voice message. It literally almost physically took me off the couch. I was laying on the ground crying because it was so purely, truly her voice, and it came out of my phone. And so we know that spirit is always wanting to communicate with us, But there was so much more to that because I thought if my mom had just one word to say, she said hello. She didn't say goodbye. And so that message, although it was for me, it was for everyone because that's what our loved ones are saying to us on the other side. Hello, I'm still here. Hello. Are you afraid of dying, Michelle? Not at all. Not at all. I actually think for me personally, um, life feels more challenging than dying because every time I have been to the other side, I have 
seen and felt the love, the unconditional love, the fact that we are all whole and complete and perfect exactly as we are. And it's such a beautiful experience that I actually have no fear around it. And the gift of being a medium, like part of my gift of knowing is that I know I'm still going to be connected to my kids. I know I'm still going to be connected to my friends and, and family. And, and, and when, when we take away the fear, I think a lot of people worry. I won't be connected. I won't see the kids. I won't see the grandkids. But when we take that away, what spirit says to me usually is, I feel more connected to them now than I did in body. I used to have to text them or wait for them to call me back, and now I can just tap into their energy and know how they're doing. Tell us more about the spirit realm. Why was it put together? Why was it put together? Why, yeah, well, what's, what's, it, what's, what's the purpose? The, well, I w- that's a huge question. <laughs> but from my understanding as a medium, the purpose is this is a place where souls are created to learn, grow, and evolve. All of us really are pieces of the oneness or God or source, whatever your word for this is. But we're like different rays of light coming out of the sun. All of these rays of light come from the sun, but they have their own individual expression. And by doing this, we are helping each other, helping each ray of light to shine brighter, to learn more, to experience, to have the contrast, which sometimes doesn't feel good, but also then we really get to sink into those moments that are amazing. Did it come before the physical world? Yes. Hands down, yes. Hands down, yes. What do you think of God? Well, I think that the word God, so I do use that word very often just because I was raised Catholic, but I don't see God as a white-haired old man sitting in a throne judging us. I see God more as an energy or a consciousness, if that makes sense. And so is there, in my opinion, a higher power, a higher source? Absolutely. Is this pure, divine, unconditional love? Absolutely. Is that why we have free will on earth? Yes, because this source says, I love you, go play. Go play on planet Earth for 80 years. Go learn the lesson. Go grow. Go evolve. And that's really what all of this is allowed from, a space of unconditional love. In the beginning, I think in order to give God this human approach, this look, that's when they made that sketchings of him as an old man Mm -hmm. sitting up there in the clouds. And as a kid, when I was going to my Catholic school classes, I really thought there was a little old man up there in the clouds. Yes, I think we all did. I think people still do. I think a lot of people still do. And and I think, you know, it's very hard for our human mind to actually comprehend God's source, the divine. It, it is really more than our humanness can comprehend. And so I think that was probably created in this, where we were trying to make it understandable. Okay, like, how are you loved? Well, it is the unconditional love of a parent. That is how we are loved. Um, And so they were were trying to give us visuals for that, Uh, but it kind of backfired a little bit because now everybody thinks they're going to be judged by a white-haired man in the throne. We're going to take calls with Michelle next hour, and we're going to do it one of three ways. You can ask her a question about somebody who has departed, someone who has left us, As a medium, she will do that. 
You can ask a question, a psychic question about yourself, a job, anything you want, or questions about your guardian angels. Let's talk about these angels for a second. How many are assigned to us? Everyone has at least one. Most people have more than one. And there are different types of angels. So we have guardian angels, we have cherub angels, we have archangels. They play different roles in our life, but I promise you everyone has at least one. Most people have more than one. They will also rotate in. So you'll always have one that is on your team that stays with you for life. But let's say you're starting a new business. We actually have angels that specialize in starting new businesses that will come in and join your spirit team for a while to get it up and running. Interesting take on all of that. It's fascinating, isn't it? It's amazing. The help that is available to us is unlimited. Have you ever seen anybody break down, cry over all this? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Yourself? Yes. I knew it. Mm-hmm. But that's a good feeling, isn't it? It is a good feeling. It is. It, when I really sit in it, it is truly overwhelming to know that each human on this planet is loved beyond measure, and every moment of their life counts. Every moment. What has been the most difficult thing for you as a medium? Well, there's a couple things with that. Um, One is being able to see the potential that a person could get to and then seeing them choose not to get to that. So maybe I can see in someone that they have potential to be very, you know, outgoing, change the world. And And they don't use it. They spoil it. Yes. Yeah. Um, The other thing that is really challenging for me as a medium is that I can, I know without a doubt how connected everyone's loved one and spirit is to them. And it's really hard for me to see people grieving, feeling like their loved ones have been cut off or taken away from them. Yes, they're not in their physical form, but that relationship and that love and that connection, it continues on. Grief is tough, isn't it? Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. We, it literally changed our, our body and our mind and, and the way that we can perceive the world. I've had three close friends die over the last five years, and mm. uh, it's it, you sometimes shake your head. It's it just sometimes it just boggles your mind. It really does, and I have parents that I have worked with that have lost two and three children, and I look at these parents. That's got to be tough. It is so tough. It is so tough. I truly am thinking to myself, how do they take their next breath? How do they take their next step? But you know what is amazing in the readings? Those kids come through and they talk about things that are happening in their parents' life today. And they are proving to them that I am still connected to you. I am still right here. We are still in a relationship. Michelle, we're going to take a short break and come back and take an hour of phone calls with you next. <laughs> 